Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. So uh, I'm excited. It's Palm Sunday. Who loves Palm Sunday? Where's your palm branches at? Come on, somebody. (laughs) What's cool about the whole... Uh, understanding of Palm Sunday, one of my favorite things is if it ties to an Old Testament feast where they would take palm branches and different types of palm branches, they would tie them together, and then the priest would, uh, this, w- this wasn't like a formal thing, so a lot of people don't know this, but in Jewish culture, they would basically like wave it from the north, well, that's not north, but from the, the north, the south, the east, the west, and they would declare the dominion of God all across the, the world. And, and this is what happens when we posture our hearts to heaven in worship. How many can say amen? And so today I'm going to be talking about the kingdom of God because I believe that Palm Sunday um, obviously is the story of when Jesus was uh, his, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem before uh, the crucifixion. And he comes in riding on a donkey, fulfilling scripture. And, and he is the humble king, the, the God made flesh not riding on a war horse, but a donkey coming in the likeness of men coming. And it says the people worshiped him and they were laying their you know, clothing and, and palm branches at his feet. And so we're gonna talk about the kingdom of God. And I'm gonna start from a passage that I've never preached on Palm Sunday before. And it's in the book of Romans. How many love Romans? How many love the, just the rich, theology of our identity in Christ in the book of Romans, discovering who we are, who God says we are, not whoever we want to be. Identity is not who we want to be. There's a counterfeit identity out there today. There's always a counterfeit for the real deal, but we're, we, our identity is in him. And, and so Romans is amazing. You know, from Romans chapter six or five, we learn about that we're righteous in him, flawless in his eyes. Chapter six, our old man was crucified with him. Chapter seven, Paul talks about the struggle of the man or the woman, the person that uh, tries to live the Christian faith under the law. How many know the Romans seven, like wrestling, that what I want to do, I don't do, and nothing dwells good in me and all this. How many know that that is Paul talking about what it's like to live without grace and try to keep the law on our own? How many know we're not under law, we're under grace? And so we are empowered. And the Bible says now the law is not outside of us, but the law of God is written on our hearts. And God has given us a new heart and put a new spirit within me. It's part of the new covenant reality. And today, first and foremost, I want to talk about, say this with me, say a new way. How many know God's kingdom reign? is It's his rule. It's his kingdom reign. And in that, he's given us a new way, a new way of living, a new way of thinking. And the first point is that there is no condemnation. Can you say that with me? Say no condemnation. Man, this is so good. I'm going to start preaching like right away. So if I just start screaming at you, it's all in love. Um, Romans chapter 8, we know it. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Now, if you have a new King James, it'll say to those who walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. That condition was added later. There is, hear me, no condition on there being no condemnation. 
As far as God's concerned, he invites us all into freedom. And he does not shame us. The Father does not shame us. God doesn't look at us. His kingdom way is not a way of shame, condemnation, and guilt. It's a way of freedom and life in Christ Jesus. A life yielded to grace that thrives, that lives the way that he designed us to live. Amen? Now, I love Romans 8 because it's, it's about the victorious Christian life when we live according to the Spirit. And you could read through here. We're going to touch on a couple verses, but I just want to focus on this one verse. I want to read it one more time. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read it uh, in the New... Or, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to read it in the NIV. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Say it with me again. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. As far as God's concerned, He does not condemn you. It's settled. There's a kingdom decree. You're not condemned. Trust in Him. So there's an invitation into life. There's an invitation that God gives us into freedom. And we don't have to wrestle anymore. We don't have to struggle. It doesn't mean that we'll never struggle. But how many know as far as the Christian life goes, you know that you can live the Christian life by grace without struggles. It doesn't mean that you, you're, you're going to be perfect, but what it means is grace will supernaturally empower you because one of the worst things is for you to believe two things. One is that your core nature is evil. How many know your bad self, your old self was crucified with Christ? And the life that you live now, you live by faith in the Son of God. And the Bible says our old man was crucified with him. Then why do we resurrect him with bad theology? He gave you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. So one of the worst lies you could believe is that you are evil to your core. You might have bad desires. We struggle with bad desires. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 8, put to death the deeds that are carnal. Hello? And so this is, this is profound though because not only that, but God, here's what he says. He says there's no condemnation. So you don't have to live under guilt and shame. But the other lie is that grace is God's unmerited favor. Now, it's not a lie, but it's half of the truth. Grace is God's unmerited favor, but it's not just unmerited favor. It's supernatural empowerment to live the way we are designed to live. God's grace is, hear me, his love, his nature, and his power that consistently flows from his heart towards you and I. And in that relationship with him, we thrive and we come alive the way we were designed to. And he says there's no condemnation. And there's something about understanding the kingdom reign of God. On this Palm Sunday, I've never preached this on Palm Sunday, but I believe there's a powerful truth in here that there was a kingdom decree. Paul's trying to get the church to wake up and say, if you want to live according to the Spirit, you need to know there's no condemnation. Because if we continue to live in guilt, shame, and holding ourselves under this thing, we will continue to struggle with stuff. It's like when you mess up, you're like, well, I blew it. I might as well just whatever, do whatever I want. How many know when you live and you hold yourself on earth, but if you believe that God is actually lifting you up and behind you and has seated you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, you live in a new way because that's what the kingdom does. It brings us into a new way of living. Isaiah 16, 5 says, a new government of love will be established. A government of love, God's rule and reign, his kingdom reign, the king's domain, the kingdom is his rule of love. But how many know that the kingdom of God, it doesn't, it's not rules and regulations and laws. No, when his love reigns, relationship becomes more real. As we yield our hearts to his love, it just pulls us into relationship and intimacy. 
it's not like, oh, I have to, you know, do what the Bible says. Okay, I have to do this, 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 and this. And it's like rules and regulations. How many, I mean, can you imagine if all your relationships were built on rules? You wouldn't have any time to enjoy fellowship with one another. That's not the way God designed us. He designed us for communion with him. And so his reign of love, it's not about laws and rules. It's not like the way that the kingdoms of this world rule and reign. No, it's a kingdom of love. And it makes relationship real. It's his heart and his love for us being in communion with us. And we don't have to struggle like we used to because God's kingdom is here now. I was thinking about this in relation to, because sometimes we hear messages like this and it's like, well, if you keep preaching on grace and love, people are going to just live in sin and do whatever they want. How many know that that's a wrong understanding of love and grace? Love is not passive. Love doesn't compromise. Love actually transforms us to live the way we we're created to. Grace empowers us to live the way we we're created to. And so this, there's this understanding, I think, that we have to get that when we encounter God's love, it brands our hearts with a reverential awe. It's like this sweet fellowship that we have. We don't, we don't want to walk every step uh, with the heart of God in mind. We want to be yielded to his kingdom reign. So I was talking um, to some, some of the uh, fam here, some of the church staff and my son in the cafe. Did you guys know the cafe's open, by the way? I know we had announced it. Yeah, you already knew that, right? Well, why aren't you coming here? Because I don't see you. I just have to give a shout out to our best customer, Steve Hogan. Can you, we just give him a round of applause every morning, practically every morning as he holds up a cup of coffee. He's in here getting a cup of coffee. It's good coffee. Join us 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Coffee's open. There were some uh, people in here studying, hanging out, working. And uh, so we're having a conversation and somebody was asking like, do you spank your kids or, you know, and I'm like, you bet I do, you know. Um, but how many know that... Uh, Every kid's different, right? Like, it's like trying to grow a tree. You have to cultivate, you know, so you water the tree too much. Or you, some kids respond to verbal reprimands, and, and some kids are a little more strong-willed, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spare the rod, you spoil the child. And, and so I don't think there's one way. Like, well, we do love and logic. Well, all that's good. Like, we need to empower, you know, uh, like our kids to make good choices. But sometimes they need whooping. Um, and so I was just kind of sharing, and this is just my parenting, you know, like I, you know, my kids are not rebellious because we never tolerated rebellion. And I think that's good parenting. So whatever that looks like, that's what you do. And so we're talking about it. I'm like, yeah, some like, you know, certain kids were more strong-willed and, and then David chimes in my son, David, he's there. He's the barista in the cafe sometimes. And he says, uh, he says, yeah, we don't talk back because basically we're just afraid of what will happen if we do. And I look at him, I'm like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I fear God in you, son. And of course, I was kind of joking, but part of me, that, now this is what's important though, love and discipline, there's a fierceness to, to that discipline. And, and there's no father or mother that like, it, how many know that discipline comes from a place of love? Right. Setting boundaries, like, and, and I love what uh, Jordan Peterson says in 12 Rules for Living. He says, don't let your kids do anything that will make you not like them. That's a good word, huh? And I remember that, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what? There's something about our love connection with, to the heart of our kids, even when we discipline and we love them. And, and there's obviously parenting, you don't learn overnight. Like, I, we have five kids, and two of them are adults, 
And you know, we're still learning, like we're still like, oh, we, we could do this better, we could do that better, right? And we learn God's heart for our kids. But I wanna say this, that there is a connection with the fierce love of God's kingdom reign and the fear of the Lord in our hearts. Because I believe in the grace message, I believe in the finished work message, but if we think that understanding God's heart of love or that God is love is gonna lead us into inactivity or gonna lead us into impurity where people, Christians, think they can just live and shack up with their boyfriend or girlfriend, how many know that's not grace and that's not love? Hello? Like there is a call to purity, to be set apart, and God, and how many know holiness is a participation before it's a practice? That's so important. You're not holy because you try hard. You're holy because you yield to the holiness, the righteousness that Jesus provided for you through, through his person and work. Everything that he did through the reality that he was God made flesh, his divinity healed our broken humanity and has called us back to life so now we can live the way we were designed to. It's so powerful. But know this, that there is a connection with the the fierce love of God. Come on, the furious love of God. Branding our hearts with the reverential awe because the spirit of the fear of the Lord is missing in the church today. The spirit, hear me, the spirit of the fear of the Lord is missing in our churches today. It's missing in our hearts today. I feel like only the people clapping fear God. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, God knows. All right. Praise God. When love reigns, there's a reverential awe. Are you hearing me? There's a reverential awe in our hearts. Like, God, you're holy. You're beautiful. You're amazing. And your love is fierce and your love is for me. And if you're for me, who can be against me? And there's nothing I want to get in the way of the sweet union that I have with you. And it's so profound when we encounter the depths of his love. We encounter this, this place. We come into a place of reverential awe. And so this is what the kingdom reign is about. Number two is it's a new day. Say a new day. Yeah. And the thing I think about is I just, I, this is what I heard in my spirit and I wrote it down. Orphans no more. How many know that half the world, and this breaks my heart, half of the world is considered orphan. Half of the planet doesn't know the love of a mom and a dad. God have mercy. I heard this story, Harold Everly told this story years ago, and he was, at the time, there was a lot of churches that he had planted in Africa, and, uh, and about 2,000 plus churches in eight different countries in Africa, and he had lots of leaders and apostles, uh, you know, African pastors and leaders, powerful men of God, and um, eventually, he turned all these, the oversight of these churches over to Bethel Church in Redding, California. And this was a whole transition process. And he told this story when he preached at Bethel back in 2009. And he said, he remembers one of his main leaders in Africa came to, uh, came to the States. And he comes to visit Harold in Washington. And, and so he asks him, he said, hey, what was the first thing that just shook you like culture shock? coming, you know, being raised in Africa, and what, what, you come to America, and it's like just different culture that really, and he's like, I, I don't, I don't want to tell you, you know, and he's like, no, tell me what, and he's like, well, it may seem, you know, odd, but you picked me up from the airport, we went to your house, and you, we got out of the car, and your dogs came running, and you said, here, boy, here, girl, and he said, that just shook me, because in Africa, we have over a million orphans, and no one ever calls them boy or girl, 
And here you are calling your dogs boy and girl. So Harold was so shook, he called his dogs dog for the next three days. (laughs) He could not call them boy and girl. How many know, though, what I get from that is orphan wounds are real. And they're not just for people that don't have parents. Like, there is something in, in, in the fallenness that we're born with. We're born in a fallen state. We need grace to redeem us. There's something that we are scarred with deep within us, and it's an orphan wound. And I believe the kingdom reign of God, I believe that there's a connection to the reign of God's spirit, the reign of God's kingdom, and how we cry out, Abba. How many know Jesus revealed the heart of his papa? Jesus was a walking revelation of his father's love. Just think about that. Now, when we think about I want to be Christ-like, I want you to just think about that. Jesus was a walking revelation of his father's love. How many here would say, I want to be a walking revelation of Abba Father's love? Everywhere I go, I want people to see a manifestation. If you want to advance the kingdom of God, just manifest the love of the Father everywhere you go. If you want to see people saved, healed, and delivered, just manifest the love of the Father. What does that look like? Because you never know who's watching. And sometimes somebody just watching you love with the Father's love will hear heal orphan wounds in their heart, and you don't even have to say anything. You're just loving radically with the radical love of God. It's so radical. I could just keep using other words, but the love of the Father is fierce. Later on in Romans, Paul says, see, it's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of adoption. You're you're no longer slaves to fear. You're not in bondage to fear. You've been accepted. You've been adopted. And he says, and that's why it's by the Holy Spirit we cry out, Abba, Father. And in that, the Bible says this. I love this, that the Holy Spirit, hear me, The Holy Spirit touches the deepest places of our being. It says he bears witness with our spirit. He testifies with our spirit like a testimony. The Holy Spirit is giving a testimony to the deepest places of your and our heart. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, you are God's beloved child. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So if we're yielded to the kingdom of God, we know who we are And he makes God's fatherhood real to us. He makes the Holy Spirit, hear me, reveals Jesus, and Jesus makes God's fatherhood real to us. That is the kingdom reign of God. And we cry out, Abba. In Luke chapter 17, many of us know we've quoted this, but the context of where we say the kingdom of God is within you is where the Pharisees are asking Jesus, and they're saying, Jesus, when is the kingdom, where is the kingdom? We want to see it with our eyes. How's the king, kingdom going to come? And he says, it's not going to come with your, the perspective of how you're wanting to see it. It's not going to come through the governing powers that be. It's not going to come through your religious system. Hello? The kingdom of God, Jesus says, is in your midst. Now, how many know he's actually talking to Pharisees? And a lot of times it's, it's translated within you. Um, it's within you and in your midst. I don't, I don't necessarily know if the kingdom of God was actually reigning in the hearts of the Pharisees, though, so I would question the latter. But Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is in your midst. Here's what I believe he's saying. I do believe the kingdom's within us if Jesus is within us, because if you have the presence of the king, you've got the power of the kingdom. Hello? But... Jesus was saying, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Why? Because the king was in their midst. So wherever Jesus' love is manifested, the kingdom of God is manifested. 
Jesus is a walking revelation of his Father's love. Now, there's a connection to Palm Sunday, Mark chapter 9, or 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, those who went in front and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! How many know what Hosanna means? Save us, Lord! We pray, save us! It's a cry from the heart. And it says, they said, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, I'm saying it different now like I'm Hebrew. What am I, Hebrew? <laughs> Hosanna. Sometimes when I study, I'll look up the, how to pronounce like a Greek or Hebrew word, and it's really loud in my speakers. Have you ever heard it, Rochelle? I'm in there and you hear like, Hosanna. Like, who's the Hebrew guy in your office, Pastor Zach? Hosanna is at the core, is a cry for the kingdom reign. It's a cry for the Father's love. Hosanna. So this Palm Sunday, we're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done. The Old Testament feast, that they would shake the palm branches and declare the dominion, the kingdom of God from the north, the kingdom of God to the south through praise and through worship. Hello? The kingdom of God to the east and the kingdom of God to the west. Because the Bible says that he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Why? Because hearts that are worshiping, hearts that are yielded to his love, usher in the pathway to his presence and his kingdom reign. And I want to be a walking revelation of the Father's love. So this Palm Sunday, no, it's a cry of the Father's love. We never know who's watching. We could just be loving with the Father's love. Now, I, I grew up with an amazing dad. My dad lives in Las Vegas. Some of you have met him. Some of you haven't. But uh, he hasn't visited here yet. Um, but, man, he's just the most loving father. That's all I can tell you. I could just go on and on and on bragging him about him. Um, many years ago, we were living in this home, this, the most beautiful home we've ever lived in, and uh, it was just incredible. I could tell you about the backyard. I mean, like, we had, our pool was ridiculous. Now, in Vegas, a lot of homes have pools. It's very common, but our swimming pool is not just a regular pool. Wasn't it above ground? It wasn't just a regular in-ground. We had a, can I just brag a little bit? Is that okay? I'm, I'm, I'm nostalgic. Like, this, this house is amazing. We had a beach entry to our pool. And it was like pebble tech, so it looked, it had like this aqua color, the way the sun hit it. I mean, it was like Caribbean, you know? And so you look at the pool, and it was just deep and beautiful. And, and we had a, a spa with a waterfall behind it with all sorts of greenery with the waterfall. Are you catching this? You can see it in your eye. Close your eyes, it might help. And then, the, and then the spa overflowed into the pool, so it was just water feature. Then you had the rest of the pool, okay, all up here, and it was all the, behind the pool, waterfalls with more, like, green features. I can't even tell you how much we spent on the pool. It was ridiculous. Then we had, that's not it, then we had literally a grotto, like a cave, with another waterfall and a swim-up bar for the Sippin' Saints, Okay. And then, it's not over, we had a slide, and the slide went from the top of the grotto down. Of course, it was for the kids. We never did the slide, right? One time I walked outside, the, my, my kids were little. In this house, Hannah had just been born, and, and so this was like 17 years ago, and uh, 16 years ago, and I remember walking outside, and David is going down the slide naked. Now, we're in the privacy of our pool, whatever, our backyard. But I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, Dad, it's so fast. If you don't have your clothes on, try it. I'm like, nope. Take your word for it, though. Skin to slide, man. Coming right down. Beautiful backyard. 
At this point of our lives, my dad lived right around the corner. Such cherished moments. And one day, my dad's over playing with his grandkids. There's something about the heart of a papa. There's something about the heart of a father, the protector, the provider, the lover, the fierce love of a father. And there's something about, which I don't know this yet, no rush on this if my kids are listening. I don't have grandkids yet. But there's something you grandparents know about your love for your grandkids. And my dad is playing with my kids. And it was just a beautiful scene. My dad's out there loving on them and taking his time with them. And, and my wife is inside, and she's looking out watching. And all of a sudden, she's overcome with the father's love in this moment. Watching my dad be a father, love his grandkids, she's inside experiencing the father's love, and the healing oil of heaven is pouring into the scars of her heart. There's times we have conversations about this, and I just, it's like I, I get a drop of how Papa feels about you, baby. And I think about, like, and there's times in worship, man, I'm like, God, just let me see your people through the eyes of the Father. Let me see the world around me through the eyes of heaven. There's so many orphan wounds, and we never know who's watching. We might just be doing our thing. My dad was just being himself, being a loving father. And what happened? The father's love crashed into somebody else. There was no word spoken. It was just loving radically. And that's the kingdom of God. And as the children of God, we should be releasing the love at the father. Can I get a tissue, sweetheart? My eyes are burning now, like the Lord's burning with fire. Praise God. The book of Revelation. Thank you so much. There's something about the love of God. I've told my wife, I'm like, if, if I was your dad, I would take you to lunch every single day. I would take you shopping. I would call you every day and say how proud I am. Like, if we could just hear the Father's love and the Father's voice, how many know that yielding to his kingdom reign is yielding to his love? And my prayer is, man, like that we would just continue to experience the radical, fiery love of God, and it's how the world around us will be transformed. Jesus says, let the kids, let the children come to me. Why? Because that's what the kingdom looks like, because the kingdom looks like family. The kingdom looks like loving on children. Hello? Loving the little ones by showing the Father's love. I just want to read you a few things here. By showing the Father's love, we can break the cycle of rejection and abandonment. When I know I'm accepted, I show that love and acceptance to others. I'm in fact releasing the kingdom of God. We were never created to perpetuate rejection, pain, bitterness, and abandonment. When we receive the Father's love, our heart changes, which means we begin to think differently. We don't think like victims. We don't think, think like broken people. If I don't receive this transforming love and I continue to believe the lie that I'm not loved and accepted, I will perpetuate pain. I will pull away. I'll eject myself. I'll even sabotage relationships. And I will see the wrinkles and the imperfections in others. But when I allow the Father's love to touch my heart, I see and I think differently. Because the love of God shakes all of that rejection, pain, all that stuff off of us, off of our hearts, so our hearts can beat the way they were designed to. Can you say amen? Lastly, and in closing, you can come up. He gives us a new heart. A heart that each beat resounds with the Father's love. 
I want to read you real quick uh, just an excerpt from um, a book that's not released yet, but I want you to buy it because it's my book. It's called Scandalous Love. Um, and you, you'll, we'll be announcing that soon. Uh, we're actually going to be giving uh, a special discount to the church fam here. Uh, for anyone that's a church member here, we're going we're gonna to bless you. Um, so this is chapter 8. There's 10 chapters. The title of this chapter is Lies, Damn Lies, and Insignificance. Yes, I just said damn in church. Praise God. There's a lot of words that, are, that I could say in the, out of the King James. How many know Abraham sat upon his donkey? Insert other word there in church. Guys, come on. Lighten up a little bit. I want to read this. This chapter is about the lie of insignificance and how it affects every part of our life. And this is a story of how it played out in our family. We had the honor of sharing our family with a young man in our church, Laris. He is so special to us. When we first met Laris, he was a rebellious teenager, getting into trouble and lacking direction for his life. He surrendered his life to Jesus in our youth group and started serving in the community. He became a son to Rochelle and me. He lived with us for five years. It was a blessing for him to have his own room and be a part of our family, but we were the ones honored to have him in our lives. He ate at our table, played with his new brothers and sisters, and saw us in our low times and high times. To this day, I have a hole in my heart that only Laris can fill. Today, Laris is married, working, going to college, serving in church, and on track for a wonderful career. His life was transformed by God through community, family, and knowing his own significance. His life was transformed by the scandalous love of God. What a picture of how God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has welcomed us into the shared life of the Trinity. Just like this awesome young man, Laris, you also have been chosen for significance. Come to the table. Come home. This is the love that the Father has for us. Are you thankful for his love this morning? I want to pray for you. Would you stand up with me? We're going to close with worship. We're just going to close with a song, and then we'll dismiss those that would like to be dismissed. Lift your hands with me right now, and I just want to pray as we posture our hearts to heaven that we would allow God's love to bring us into the new way, to bring us into this new day where we're we don't have to live orphan-hearted with orphan wounds to live with these uh, things that, that cling to our hearts. We can be free today. Father, thank you that you've given us a new heart. We receive it. We receive your love. As your people, may we reflect the love of the Father everywhere we go. Because even without words, orphan wounds can be healed in another room. So we thank you for that now. I thank you for your people. I thank you for this glorious Palm Sunday, and I declare the kingdom of God to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west over our hearts, over our lives. Come on, over our families, over our marriages, we say, say this with me, kingdom of God come, will of God be done, in Jesus' name. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me 
and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.